Hey, how's it going, Mike? It's, it's going all right. How's it? Go What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot. I was trying to talk to two people at the same time. <laughs> I, I can't do it. <laughs> Barb was telling me about her brother. He's got a ah. fever. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Hopefully it's not the COVID. Yeah, and, and if it is, hopefully it's not uh, not too bad. Yeah. The odds are it's not too bad. I mean, yeah. if you look at statistics, right? Most, most people get better and recover and are not out for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how have you been? Uh, pretty good. I'm uh, stuffed right now from dinner. Oh yeah. Had a, so so you almost feel like you need a nap. I know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of just ate too. I was uh we had went grocery shopping and uh I was starving cuz I hadn't eaten since this morning <laughs> when I podcast and I got we got Wendy's. And I was still hungry after it. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just starving. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's never good when you still feel hungry after. Yeah. So what do we got on tap today? We got some Joker and Phantom Stranger. Yeah. That was... Uh, a pretty close uh close win yeah i didn't uh, i i saw that that phantom stranger and uh i forget what it was tied with but they were neck and neck for a for a long time there and uh, they were neck and neck and they the survey ended neck and neck and then somebody broke the tiebreaker so, like, the final results were 33.3% for both of them. Oh, wow. And then the other weird thing is Weird Mystery Tales and Sword of the Atom came in at 16.7 exact. <laughs> so those two tied with each other? Yeah, both the second place huh. and the first place. <laughs> wow. And I tweeted to some, I just tweeted, I said, I need a tiebreaker. And somebody said Phantom Stranger. And that's why I told you Phantom Stranger. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Huh. Yeah, it's it's funny. You never know, like, what way, what way people are going to vote. I thought Superboy was going to win. I yeah, I saw that. It was, uh, that was up there. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of votes this time. Usually we get like 30, and there was only 18 this time. Huh. So, it wasn't as many. Yeah. But I, maybe I didn't retweet it as much as I usually do. <laughs> yeah. I usually bookmark it and retweet it several times. I do, I, I did see that we just got a question that came came over twitter yeah do you know the answer to that <laughs> uh i do know the answer to that um so 
Kirk uh, Spencer asked, does Kyle love Atari Force? Um, actually, I've never read Atari Force. Uh, that's not what he wants to hear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've heard a lot about it, but just never got around to reading it. Yeah, and it'll never come on the app. Yeah. Yeah, but I I um I believe I actually never had an Atari either. I, yeah, you're, my, but you're but you're younger though. Yeah, yeah. My first so, is uh, Nintendo. Was Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna guess that. Yeah. So you missed the uh, Atari, you missed the Commodore 64 computer, and you probably missed the Intellivision. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the Nintendo 16-bit? Uh, the the yeah. first generation? In other words, Nintendo NES. Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, n- I never had a Super Nintendo. I, I had the regular Nintendo. Uh, and then we got a, we got a, then we got a Sega Genesis. Ah, smart man. And I like Yeah, it. that, that was one of my favorite, that was one of my favorite consoles ever. That was amazing. Yeah, I was a Sega guy. And then yeah. when Sega went away, I kind of, to tell you the truth, I lost interest in gaming. Yeah. I, I stuck with, uh, I had all three generations. I had the Genesis, I had, uh. What was the next one? Saturn. Saturn, Sega Saturn, and then the uh, Dream Dreamcast. Yep. Yeah, I had the Dreamcast also. That was cool. I love the Dreamcast. Yeah, I, mean, I did too. It, it was so good. Like the peripherals and like the wheel, and I, I had I had a lot of like other devices for it, and it just played like arcade like. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. it, it was seamless. Like it didn't. It didn't yeah. feel like a home system anymore. Yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely like a a bridge to the to yeah. the new stuff. And I don't know if you have. I think it's on Netflix. There's a uh, man. I can't remember the documentary, but it's about like gaming throughout history. Something video game. I can't remember what it is, but. Uh, they do a good part on Sega. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I'll like, have to check that the, out. It it was it was fascinating because they just hired this guy who came up with like these ten rules on how to beat Nintendo, <laughs> and uh, they were strange rules, but it worked. Like it, it showed that it worked. Hmm. And uh, he's he he tried to knock him out originally just because of age. He's like Nintendo's downplaying to a lower age group. And I'm going to say that this is the gaming system for for teenagers and adults. Yeah. You know, which was probably yeah. a good strategy because Nintendo had that other market and they probably yeah. weren't going to lose it. And they still can't lose it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I never, I guess I never really realized that, but they were kind of aimed, Sega was kind of the more. It seemed like the more grown-up kind of... Yeah. Sega! I remember those commercials. <laughs> Sega! Yeah. Yeah. Because my first... My first... Uh, the Genesis came with Altered Beast. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, what was the other... Uh, was it uh, Golden Axe? 
Um, I didn't have Golden Axe, though. And uh, was it Double Dragon? Was Double Dragon on there? I think so. Yeah, I, I didn't have that one either. I had. I'm gonna have to go upstairs and find out what I have on that. Because <laughs> I, I think right now I have, I still have my Genesis and I still have my Saturn, but I sold my Dreamcast, which is the one I wish I wouldn't have. When I got the Xbox, I sold the. Uh, I had the first generation Xbox, and I sort of went with that and. I regret selling my Sega because that's I still like those games. Yeah. Yeah. But my my yeah. my, my my gaming ended with Xbox, the first generation, but it started all the way with the Fairchild. And if you watch that documentary, the Fairchild was like the first <laughs> freaking video game system with the controller. Huh. Uh, cartridge, sorry, cartridge, like like a gaming cartridge level, that yeah. wasn't computer. So, I had the Fairchild, I got the Atari, I I didn't have an Intellivision, I went to the ColecoVision, <laughs> and then from ColecoVision, then I went Nintendo. But I didn't have a lot of Nintendo. I only got a Nintendo because my brother had one and I wanted to have one. <laughs> And I only yeah. had a couple of games on it. I don't remember. Like, I, I, I played a lot of Punch-Out on that. I, I liked that game a lot. And I remember doing Super Mario Brothers and Silver Surfer. Those were the games I remember. I don't remember too many games that I played. Yeah. me. So, me and my brother, like, we used to just... Like, we would just rent, like, the same games over and over again. <laughs> yeah, just to see if you um, could get farther or what? Yeah, well, just because, I mean, those were the ones that we, we found that we wanted. and Because um, we'd go to the same video store all the time, so we always knew what they had. Um, but one of the games that we that we actually had that we played all the time, it was this baseball game. And... Uh, <laughs> We used to wake up early um, on the weekends to play it, and like on Sundays, we'd play early in the morning, and then we'd have to go to church. So we would we would pause our game and leave it paused while we were at church. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd come home and it's still, it's still paused. there, still paused. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty smart. <laughs> I didn't know you could pause the game that long. Yeah. It, <laughs> That's the thing. Like it probably probably wasn't too good for the screen, yeah. the TV screen. But yeah. Well, in theory, <laughs> you could have turned off the screen. Yeah, we could have turned off the TV, and but then, I, we we probably didn't realize wouldn't have realized that. Yeah, at the that time. that at the time, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> all a burned in the video game on the screen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You turn off the TV and you can see these these pixelated images. <laughs> so the, that's the baseball game. <laughs> see, that's yeah. what that I had an addiction to the sports games. Oh like, yeah, it, it was hardcore. I mean, no matter what game it was—football, baseball, uh, basketball, or hockey—like. Oh yeah. Like the, even the Genesis, I had NBA Jam, and I I would oh, play yeah. that for hours. 
Yeah. <laughs> but those yeah, were that's... the games that I like. I would navigate to and then get like wired, especially if I could have somebody to play against. Like the computer wasn't the same, even though I love playing Madden against the computer just to see if I could go the whole season and how much I would win. But I, and I do the same thing with NBA and that was a long season. But (laughs) what I, what I love to do is play with my friends and compete. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange how I got hooked on the sports games more than, and that's what, that was one of the 10 criteria that Sega focused on that knew they could beat Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Because what they did was they acquired a company called EA Sports. Yeah. And that they had they had the sports market. Yeah. Yep. I used to get all of those. And they they're the ones that brought in Madden. A matter mm-hmm. of fact, it, it it was a funny uh little thing in that documentary because Madden would not travel on plane. He was like terrified of flying. So, like, when John Madden went from game to game, he bust. He had his own bus. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so when the video game, uh, they they knew they wanted a football game, and they wanted to get Madden involved, and they didn't think they could have a full roster because it was just too complicated. Like, have the, they wanted to have, like, eight players max or something like that. Yeah. And, uh. They went to talk to Madden, and he says, no, you got to have a full roster, or I'm not going <laughs> to sign. <laughs> but they had they had done this whole deal on a train because he would not he would hmm. not ride a plane. So, yeah, it was a, that documentary I'd highly recommend. It's so much fun, especially if you've seen yeah. that. Like, you, there, there, there's going to be at least a, the first – two episodes or first three episodes where you'll be like what the hell is this because you just won't (laughs) you just won't you might get an appreciation historically of like what these are but you you were not there at that time you know yeah 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 it's 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 a cool documentary i forget what it was called yeah i'll have to check it out no i I wanted to say ready player one but that's a movie (laughs) yeah netflix let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, so, what was this thing called? It had something to do with game. I'm really. Let's do this. Game over? Was it that? No. I don't know, but I'll I'll let you know what it is. Maybe it's high score. Hmm. Yeah, either of those would be appropriate titles. Yeah, it's it, it's a very. I just don't remember which one it was. It's really good, and there's like a, a slew of a video game, um, movies or documentaries that are worthwhile. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I really like Netflix documentaries on like comics and yeah, video games. Like there there's there's one that's you might find like fascinating, but I found even more fascinating because I played the game. But uh there's a whole documentary on the Atari ET game. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Like E.T. the movie? E.T. the movie, yeah, because it was huh. the biggest video game flop in the history of video games. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody hated it. There was so many, there was so, such an excess of E.T. games that they had to ship. They didn't know what to do with the games. <laughs> that they had to bury them in a dump in Alamogordo, New Mexico. <laughs> and then this whole documentary was searching for those those where the burial ground was of these games, and they found oh, them. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> they actually dig some up? They digged them all up. Oh, my God. It, there was, like, controllers and then sealed uh, E.T. games. Oh, wow. They so they'd, they would still work then, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. it's, it's, in crazy, it's crazy because you'd never think, like, you, you just don't think where these things end up. And then the, the, they didn't <laughs> know what to do with them. They couldn't store them in a warehouse or anything. So they they said, where can we ship them and get rid of them? And they, they turned yeah. into a huge dump <laughs> and buried him jeez and then the whole the documentary was like <laughs> they were working they were working like with a guy that's trying to locate the games and they're working with the guy at the dump trying to locate where they could possibly be and they just started digging for him <laughs> with tractors and stuff and and the way they like turn dumps it's it's like amazing like how much how deep they can get you know, because you mean like when they trash dig? places, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like we have a a huge garbage facility at the top of one hill, and they just like bury and bury and bury, and yeah. you can't even see it. It looks like dirt, but it's junk. It's people's yeah, trash. It's a hill of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it it looks like hills of dirt. Because they just turn dirt, and then you have to act, they actually have to find it by digging because yeah. there's so much dirt on top of dirt on top of dirt. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. And I used to know dumps because when I was a kid, at least to my knowledge, we didn't have like trash pickup, you had to take your own trash out to the dump. Mm. And my dad used, we used to get up in his pickup and we used to go take out the trash and that's how i got into comics mm-hmm. is because we went to the dump and the 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 drugstore would throw away boxes of of comics with the covers ripped off yeah and they were <laughs> the thing i liked about it is they were sealed boxes so oh, like i didn't man. have like junk on top of the comics i yeah i could find a sealed box unbury it and then Gosh. take all the comic books out of it <laughs> Can you imagine, like, <laughs> can you imagine, like, yourself, like, at your age now, like, doing that back then? Like, you'd be like, this is gold, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> opening boxes of pristine gold. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, though, they, they knew, when they were newsstand, when comics were newsstand and not at the direct market, yeah, they could get money back. So yeah. the way they got money back from the publishers is they'd rip off half of the cover. Yeah, and send the cover back. So, they, so the comics themselves like are sort of devalued in terms of collectibles, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but in terms of story and reading, they were they were fully intact. Yeah, I was gonna say like even even like 
regardless of value or whatever, I'd still love to have pristine copies with the the cover torn off of. Oh of yeah, because what you could do is find them, find them yourself if you could find a run of something. Oh yeah, you could just send them away and bind a whole set yeah. of comics. Yeah. So yeah, it's it was that's what got me into comics because we didn't when I was a kid we didn't have money. It's such a. Uh, I've heard you tell that story before, and it's such yeah. a. Um, it's kind of like a a classic. Like it, it's it's like a classic. Just I don't know American story. <laughs> a kid <laughs> getting into comic books because he's going to the dump with his dad. You know. <laughs> It's amazing that that was one of my favorite things to do as a kid. Oh, my, yeah. My, da- my dad would say, we're going to haul the junk. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, let's go yeah, I mean, for stuff. What and kid the, the would thing love is, that? The thing is, back then, you didn't think how dangerous it was, too. Yeah. I mean, people throw away batteries, and there's acid. and I mean, there's all kinds of crap at a dump. Well, and I, I feel like like it wasn't as dangerous then because no, we didn't know about it. You know? Right, right, right. We didn't know. You don't know, so what you don't know, I guess. Right. <laughs> you can you still like, be. I didn't be wear gloves or anything. It. I just my yeah. dad would just let me. He let me and my brother just kind of go wild out there. Yeah. But he kind of like I, I think my dad kind of knew where to look because where he'd park he would park I, I guess where he sort of knew where these boxes were instead of just like people's trash. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he probably had, had noticed where everything was, how yeah. everything was laid out. Yeah, yeah those were good awesome. times. But that reminded me of the the ET game because I was like, "Holy crap! They buried all these games." Yeah, I just imagine some kid like find, digging up all those games. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if this... he's like, "Ooh, is this the ET game? Oh god, <laughs> get it, get rid of it." I, me and my brother bought that game because it came out during a Christmas, <laughs> and I think we played it once. Like we hated it so much. Yeah. That it it we were like it was one of our our most looked in the history of it's awesome because it is a really difficult game like to do. Mhm. And and people just didn't want to go through all these rooms and they couldn't get out of certain places and you you you'd just get frustrated. Well, yeah, games but, used but, to be a lot harder. But but the whole interesting story behind it is the guy had to make a game. Atari pressured him to make a game within two weeks. So it, it's not his fault. Yeah. And he met with Steven Spielberg. Like, <laughs> Steven Spielberg had all these crazy ideas, like, to make a game. But it would have probably been better if they took Steven Spielberg's advice. Yeah. He, he want, th- this guy wanted to make it more like an adventure game based on the movie. And Steven Mm -hmm. Spielberg wanted to make it more like a video game, like a true kid's game. Hmm. Let's see what this video game documentary is. High Score, that's the one you want to watch. High Score, okay. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds interesting. It's good. I think you'll dig it. 
I think it's like half hour episodes per show. And I think there's only like eight of them. Mm-hmm. But it sort of goes by decade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So we have Batman 3 Jokers and Phantom Stranger Volume 2 from 1969. There was a Golden Age Phantom Stranger. It's a shame that Phantom Stranger didn't share the billing with Dr. 13. <laughs> because he's he's featured just as as much, if not more, I know, in, the, yeah. in the comic books. <laughs> yeah, it's like half and half. <laughs> I actually uh, fell in love with Dr. 13 because of uh, a Back Issue Magazine article I read, like, in 90-something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. And I... It just sounded like such a ridiculous character, you know, like a, a character that's a skeptic on everything. <laughs> and he's chasing around a, a guy that's sort of like a ghost. Yeah. And he's trying to prove him wrong, but he never gets to. And Phantom Stranger at this time, he's almost more like a hero, like a, a superhero. Yeah. Because he physically he does comes help in. Out. Yeah. yeah, he does help out. He does stuff. Mm-hmm. Where, where later is more he's like a guy that watches he's like a watcher and yeah. he's like a person that like warns you of events and so, something like that yeah that's I, I thought uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, exposure to Dr. 13 before this but he was like his character was cracking me up in this um, <laughs> I love how every issue, like he's, um, he he's he gets mad when Phantom Stranger disappears or vanishes, and he's like, "I'm gonna figure out how he does that." And uh, <laughs> well, that's his that, whole thing is he has yeah. to find out. Like he doesn't believe any of them. Yeah. The, the the one time I think he starts to believe, and and it it like leads you to believe the whole time, even at the end, you sort of question it. Is the the dog the the blind the blind man yeah. with the dog? Yeah. Because yeah. the man still walks like the dog is there. And the and there, the it it kind of looked like the leash was like being held up. Being also. held up, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but he had that. There was a time there was a bear trap in the woods, and the dog went around it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, even as a reader, you're there reading this, and you're like, there has to be something going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, his whole, how does he get around? Like, you still don't know. It, it's so weird. Yeah. I, that was that was my favorite story, um, personally, but I'm a dog guy, so I, I was like, I could relate to this. Um the first yeah. story is interesting because I didn't understand like what these three dudes even had to do with one another. I know. Other yeah. than they're on the plane and they decide to play cards or something because they're <laughs> bored. Yeah, and this one was this one I'd say this was probably like the weakest story to me was the first one. Yeah, to um, start off with for sure. Yeah, because like you said, like it, it's so confusing. Like when, 
Um, it, it it does say that these guys are like three friends, but um, they're all going to a location to do something totally different. Yeah, one guy's going to meet his woman. The other guy, um, I, he must be on business or something. He's gonna he's a rodeo star. Yeah, oh, the other well, guy's yeah, on, yeah. on business. Yeah. The other guy's looking for like papers, and he's like a shady dude. The guy in the middle seat. Yeah, <laughs> the... I just I just assumed he was like on business or something. He is on business, but it's sort of a yeah. The plane crashes. I still don't know. Maybe maybe it says, but I still don't know why the plane crashed. And I found it odd that the villain of the story is sort of like linking all three of the characters together. Like he's the one that's causing the issues of the hauntings with all of the different people. Like the fiance, the business partner. Yeah. And the rodeo. At the rodeo, they think the horse is like the guy's riding the horse. Mm hmm. But he's really the guy that spray paints the the sign about Roughneck, the horse, and then goes and haunts the the fiance. So yeah, yeah that's a strange story. Yeah, he uh, it, the the guy well, and the guy that was setting it all up was um, he like worked with the fiance and he was like embezzling money or something. Yeah. So he was like trying to cover up his crime by, um, I, I think he was trying to like uh, make it look like a, like a, I don't know, like a murder or something. Mm. But it's like a Scooby Doo mystery. They catch the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, in all of these. All of these were, too, because it was like, um, you know, because Dr. 13 was in there trying to prove that it wasn't anything supernatural. Right. And this this dog one, I still I, I like it so much. It was my favorite because I still <clears throat> think that dog is there. <laughs> I mean, radioactive substance or not, whatever the hell's happening. <laughs> Yeah. It makes you this this blind guy that can't see. They know they can't see. The whole town knows he can't see. Somehow can navigate his house with all this furniture and then walk around disasters and go for these late night walks in the swamp. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and they they say he's suffering from hermolopia. Yeah. Um Meaning he can't see in the day, but he can see at night. So and he doesn't, he doesn't understand that he's actually seeing. He thinks the dog is there leading yeah. him. Yeah. Is Herma? Did you look it up to see if it was real disease? Uh, I did not. I can okay. Look here. That's a strange disease to be able to not see during the day, but can see at night. Herma. Oh, I completely spelled that wrong. Oh, there we go. Hemorrhopia. Yeah, it is. See, I uh, missed that part. 
I missed uh, the part where he they said he was diagnosed with that. Um, it's the very last panel. Oh, okay. When they're watching him, like they're leaving and they're driving. So they do. It is resolved. He does have. He can see at night, even yeah. though he, in his mind, he thinks he's blind as a bat, and yeah. the dog is guiding him. Yeah. But this is a story of three hunters, and they they don't purposely kill his dog. The dog's a mastiff, so he's a big dog. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's walking his dog, and he lets it off the leash, and they they accidentally shoot him. It doesn't say yeah. which hunter shoots him. Maybe they all shoot him, but they're all blamed for it. And, so, and this, they all they all felt bad about it too. They all felt bad about it. They're like, "What's your dog worth?" And the guy's like, "You can't put a dollar figure on my dog. That's my <laughs> best friend. Like, you can't do that." So I, yeah. I like I could see why he's saying that is. He, they just took something from him they they can't replace. Yeah. Um, and they're they're getting haunted by this dog, and a matter of fact, one of them's killed. And then they're like hiding out in this shack in the woods, and there's this weird river underneath there where they fish out of. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and it turns out that one of the hunters is trying to kill everybody. So he can take advantage of this nuclear material. Maybe it's uranium that's underneath the the shack. Yeah. And I, he could I, sell it. Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. He's like, probably going to die of cancer if it's radioactive. I mean. Yeah, well, and I thought I, it was I was really weirded out by that. So let me find the part here. It's um. Uh, let's see. Uh, the radioactive. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I was reading the, the radioactive material thing and I'm like, where are they going with this? Like normally you don't want radioactive material. Yeah. but, But when I started to think about it, I'm like, well, if it's uranium, it's probably worth a lot. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to make money off of this, he said. But he didn't – he led it to believe, like, I got to get out of here. You're going to pretend to be me. That's one That's one thing Dr. Thirteen's not afraid of doing is, like, pretending he's somebody else and almost getting himself killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because he does almost get killed that night. Well, because he – But he has to fall into the river. He believes so strongly in his convictions yeah, that there's no supernatural or paranormal happenings. I need to read more about this Hermalopia. Yeah, it's. I, I'm surprised it's actually a real thing. He's suffering from that with the affliction. A person can't see in the day, but he can see at night. His crazed mind doesn't understand, and he really thinks dirt comes back each night to lead him. Yeah, that's interesting. And then the next story sort of combines both of them. Because this, this, this story is hardcore harsh. The next story? I thought it was dark as hell. Like, because yeah. this little boy... I mean, Dr. Thirteen's visiting like his friend in Chinatown or somewhere. 
and yeah. it's Chinese New Year. And there's this dragon and parades going off, and then all of a sudden there's an explosion. And he, this little boy loses both his parents in that explosion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty freaking yeah. dark. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, it's funny how... Um, trying to find the panel here but it's it's funny how like they so like quickly like just brush brush past the fact that this kid just lost his parents yeah (laughs) like uh his fiance dr 13's fiance is like i wonder if he could stay with us (laughs) until he can get like some family member to take him or something yeah and then the boy's like you know i'd like to stay with you kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it turns out to be there's this one guy that's like bombing all these locations because he believes in old architecture that's what i get out of it that's right yeah because he he designed he designed these buildings that got torn down which are more Um, traditional like chinese you know yeah and he was bombing these new these new locations that were looking more like probably American. Mm-hmm. And they took him out, and at the end, the kid's smiling. He's like, <laughs> "But it was you who captured him, Phantom Stranger." Yeah. And then Phantom Stranger disappears. He's left again. <laughs> he just disappeared into the fog. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Dr. Thirteen's like, someday I'll expose you for the fraud you really yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> the, their little uh, rivalry's fun as hell. Like, I, I like know, it. It's, it's hilarious. It's entertaining. Because it's like Phantom Stranger just completely ignores whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... I my favorite issue was the second one by far. Like I, I thought I loved the uh, the stories in this one. I, I thought the the theme of this one was was really cool. Yeah, the man who died three times. <clears throat> yeah, so the the first one is about the guy um, who think he's uh, thinks he has nine lives, and so he just walks around like trying to kill himself. <laughs> Yeah, he runs into a lamppost and kills himself, and then shows up later, and they find this weird totem, like, magic totem inside the, his house. Yeah. But the totem really has nothing to do with it, really. He's really getting hypnotized. Yeah. And then he kills himself again off of a bridge. Yeah, he jumps off of a bridge into, like, a river. And it, it's so weird, too, because as they're telling the story, we'll, you know, Dr. Thirteen or so, or somebody will t- – or Phantom Stranger, in this case, will say, oh, this is, like, a similar story of when yeah. I had to save the, the guy from the crazy magician. <laughs> and then yeah. it, goes, it goes off into another story. It tells <laughs> yeah. you about the crazy magician. <laughs> yeah, who's – I love the 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 crazy guy's hair. Yeah, it's, it's like, insane. Yeah, uh, it, it's like a weird, just a. It's like the weird bald, like 
uh, where he's got hair on the sides, but it's like sticking way out up like devil horns. Yeah, <laughs> like like a, a steer, like yeah. a, a a cow <laughs> steer. So yeah, it like it's his hair goes out like twelve inches on each side. <laughs> And then, are you there, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I lost you for a second. Yeah. So basically, the the magician guy is like luring. Uh, <laughs> there's like fog around his house, and he's got signs like diverting people to his house. Yeah. To, like trap him in his house so he can. He he thinks that. Uh, if he um if he takes a life then he'll be uh immortal right and then it cuts back to our our our, our little kid learning why his father's going to kill himself again off of a bridge yeah, the kid. it's so traumatizing every time he sees him I know that I think <laughs> The kid keeps seeing his dad like <laughs> killing himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And that's when Doctor Thirteen comes into the story, like. Yeah. Because the the father's is it is it the father that hired him or something? Uh, I thought maybe the mother. Cyrus Hil- Hayton alive, or maybe it was the mother. He just shows up. Phantom Stranger is already there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he tells the story of the girl who lived 5,000 years. <laughs> yeah. So it, As they're investigating this one, this is a good story, too. Yeah, this one I really like. This one is hilarious. It's, it's like this lady who's uh, been asleep for, like, what, 500 years or something? Yeah, she looks like she's sort of Egyptian or yeah. I forget what they call it. They, they mention it somewhere, but uh, yeah. she's sort of in a sarcophagus of some sort, and she comes alive, and she's sort of like the Black Widow mummy, if you ask me, because all these rich dudes end up giving their money, and they end up dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what their scheme is, it seems like. But I love the the story of it like she she's been asleep for 500 years and she wakes up like every 100 years for just for 30 days to like date some guys i guess and then go back to sleep yeah and at this time is dr 13 married or is it still his fiance i don't remember i yeah i don't remember either um i thought maybe he was married but because it, it it's it does it do, it does like in three in there's only three issues we cover but in one issue it's the fiance and the next issue it's his wife so yeah. like they they get married uh some point but the interesting thing here is Dr. 13 sort of becomes hypnotized by this woman <laughs> yeah. and he, he he falls in love with her <laughs> he forgets about his wife like he wants nothing he doesn't care it's so funny. There's a, there's a, um, there's the scene like towards the end where 
uh, where um, he's giving uh, he's giving the the jewels to to this to that girl, and his wife comes in, and she's like, "Give up that creature from beyond the grave! Come home with me!" And he's like, "No, get out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But he's like in a drug-induced type of state. Yeah. In all fairness. Yeah. Because because he act, he actually put in nose blockers at the end, didn't he? Yeah. At the end, they um they did a little acting, I think. Yeah, and there's apparently there was like some sort of drug on her gloves that when yeah. she touched when she touched them, they uh, it like hypnotized them. And that story <laughs> just comes out of the blue. I I think I'll tell this story to a little boy who's lost <laughs> his father <laughs> twice already. <laughs> Phantom Stranger just breaks out into a story and then Doctor Thirteen breaks out into another story. And this poor kid is like, Well, how's my dad gonna die the third time? <laughs> and what story is that gonna lead to? Yeah, what story is that gonna lead to? <laughs> oh, and man. I guess I guess what this story turns out is this third death would have been his final death if yeah. Phantom Stranger didn't save him. Like he physically saved him. They're at a yeah. site, and this, uh, this, uh, what is it like a statue, or they call it an obelisk? Obelisk. An obelisk, yeah. It's gonna it's fall some and crush him. Cer- ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he's saved, and he can spend time with his son again. But you learn who the villain is. He's sort of. Uh, <laughs> It's like a rival construction company yeah. that, that uh, tried to set to tr- tried to murder him basically um, through hypnotism though it's weird yeah yeah <clears throat> because it, there's it, this guy that would hypnotism hypnotize him his Ramu the, Ramu Guru yeah Ra, Ramu Ramu Guru, Guru. <clears throat> But basically, like, so the funny, the funniest part, like, they, in order to cover up their murder, they were going to make it seem like the guy really had nine lives, but he just got bad luck or something on the third life and, and actually died. (laughs) So (laughs) they wanted people to believe that, uh, as opposed to them, you know, murder, being the murderers. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love the the newspaper headlines in this too. Man with nine lives survives again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for that kid. <laughs> yeah. That that I like that story just because it's it's so weird. It's like three stories within this same story. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I'll it's... I'll make you feel better. I'm gonna tell you the story of a ghost. <laughs> Come here, boy. It's like airplane. Airplane. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> what the hell's yeah. going on? 
uh, <laughs> and yeah <laughs> and it was it, remi- it reminded like me somewhat of, of indirectly even though it's not related at all of airplane the movie where, oh, where, where yeah. that little boy is talking to the, the pilot <laughs> i just well, they... Have you ever seen a gladiator movie? <laughs> it's like he's talking to two pilots, Phantom Stranger and, and the other guy, and they're telling these whacked out stories. And they're so like, uh, it's like they're so oblivious to yeah. to, to children. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just so like casual with, with kids <laughs> <laughs> in any situation. Right, the next one it has kids too because it's like at a carnival. Yeah, this one I didn't I didn't get to read the whole thing. Um, I got through the first. Uh, I think I got through the first the first one, first part of it. Yeah, yeah this the, one was the haunting. This was being a haunted carnival, like the Ferris wheel was haunted. <laughs> all kinds of different hauntings, and it, it turns out. That one of the brothers owns this place, and the other brother was trying to take over, and he was yeah. haunt, he was like haunting the the amusement park. And the one brother was gonna get was gonna get rich if his business did well. Yeah. Um, no such but... thing as ghosts. You probably didn't get to, but no such thing as ghosts. It's sort of like Dr. 13 putting himself in risk again. There's like <laughs> murders at a, uh, like an acting thing, like where they do plays and stuff, like shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were doing a show, like, and they're calling the, the this ghost, the Phantom of Paris keeps showing up. And it's for him and his wife to find out, you know, what is happening and they've, there's already been two murders, so two actors have already died. And he's trying to figure out if there's really a ghost or not. So he goes undercover and becomes an actor. And he <laughs> disguises himself. So, And the interesting thing is he almost dies. Like, he, he almost gets killed. Um, of course he does. How did he get out of it? I can't remember how he got out of it. Because... He did get out of it, and they framed the guy. They know they they actually killed the guy that was behind it, but he hmm. had killed two actors already, and then he became safe. And then chapter three was someday in the dark. I think that returned back to that had to do with another. It went back to the uh, the guy that's haunting the uh, amusement park. So it did it did that weird story thing where there's like a story in the middle that has nothing to do with the story but it yeah. it's just like hey I remember this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I can relate it to this. <laughs> but this is very entertaining. It's very entertaining. Uh, yeah, I I love in the uh, I love in the first story uh, how Phantom Stranger saves them at the end when they're on the roller coaster yeah. and there's the explosion. He throws his coat underneath the wheel of that's the roller insane because it could go off the rails. Yeah, which I, I mean, it's not going to like serve a... as a brake. It would like 
the wheel would hit and then it might like go off the track. (laughs) Yeah. They were flying down a hill and he used his coat, his coat to break the, to, to slow the car down. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they would have, the, the, the uh, rail was broke at a certain area and they would have fallen to their death. But Phantom Stranger, he he does quite a bit of fighting in the in some of these. Well, in the third story, which you didn't read, they go into like a a haunted um, a haunted <clears throat> tunnel, and there's like an mm-hmm. executioner, but it's really a guy with an axe. It's not like a fake, you know, thing in the haunted yeah, it's... house. It's a guy with an axe yeah. swinging, and he's aiming for Doctor Thirteen's head, and if yeah. Doctor Thirteen if Phantom Stranger did not save him, he would have been beheaded. He would have died. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah. yeah, he saved him. I owe him one. And then he sort of saves him later on because Dr. Uh, Phantom Stranger, there's <laughs> the a trap door with spikes. Yeah. And he like <clears throat> saves him from the spikes. So they actually work together to take down this villain. And at the end, of course... Phantom Stranger vanishes. But Doctor Thirteen's only answer comes from the shrill night wind echoing down an empty midway. He's gone, but we'll meet again. Someday, somehow, we'll meet again. And it says, perhaps he's right. Someday in some dark alley or in the crest of some lonely hill, the Ghost Breaker is bound to cross paths again with the Phantom Stranger. And it's like <laughs> next issue he does. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. he does the next issue, but I'd be real curious. Well, it's uh, it's it's kind of cool because like each each issue there's the kind of the higher level story going on where Doctor Thirteen is trying to figure out who Phantom Stranger is, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, like, I would assume they keep it going throughout the whole thing. but. And the issues that we read were all by the same writers. I don't know which story did what, because it doesn't break it down. But you have Mike Fred- Friedrich, uh, John Broom, and France Edward Heron. And then the artists are Bill Drought, Carmine Infantino, and Leonard Starr. <laughs> And the mm-hmm. the cover to issue three is Neil Adams. So. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, those are good. Those are. Cool. Oh, these I, I... these are really. Wait, wait a second. Yeah, the one you liked. Those are reprints from. Phantom Stranger. The first series, number one. And then it says the Doctor 13 is a reprint from Star Spangled Comics. So it's all, I wonder I wonder if they try to make one story out of two stories. And that's why it reads so weird. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder if these reprints are, like, framed in a, a different context. Yeah, they could be. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. I enjoyed these quite a bit, but I knew I would. Yeah. I think I had read Phantom Stranger number one before. 
because I own that one. And then I don't own anything until issue six. <clears throat> but I have 23 through 42 in consecutive order. And then I have a bunch of like, I have two issues here, two issues there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a cool series. So Yeah, uh, those are fun. The next one is Three Jokers. Yeah. This one was was a, a definitely interesting read. I I still don't know if it's in canon because it's kind of a a big story if it is yeah. in canon. Yeah. At least from I think from if I had to say which character it impacts the most, it would be Jason Todd. Yeah. I, I just I just feel that it would impact him the most even though we learn a we learn a big reveal at the end of issue three about batman um oh yeah yep yeah the uh um it it, it it's uh it's kind of cool how how they they chose the characters for this because you have you have three jokers and then you have um and in each of the jokers are different it almost kind of like a different era of joker and right i think there's the golden age one right it, it, I, yeah and i think i think they're each one so there's a joker there's a joker for bruce a joker for barbara and a joker for jason Right, and the Joker for Barbara is the one that crippled her. Yeah. The Joker for Jason is the one that beat him, bludgeoned him to death and killed him. Yeah. And then there's the Joker that that started the whole thing, I think, for Batman. Yeah, that's kind of how I looked at it, too. And the story's by Jeff Johns with Jason Fabok on art. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's uh basically there's there's murders happening all over Gotham and eyewitnesses are seeing the Joker at uh at all of the the crime scenes. Yeah. I like the scene where <laughs> Alfred is like patching him up. And, oh yeah, at and the beginning. He like he's basically his back looks like total shit. Yeah. But each scar is like some attack. And yeah. Like, it yeah. shows like who did that. It shows like where Penguin punched him with the umbrella on the, his side, you know? Mm-hmm. It shows him where Bane broke his back. It, it shows where Riddler sort of singed him on the his ribs. Yeah, it looks like he burned him. Yeah, it shows where Catwoman scar- scratched him. It, it shows him where Killer Croc you know, I guess sort of cr- bit, broke bit his arm. Yeah. It shows when Scarecrow dr- drove a, like his uh, pitchfork into yeah. Batman. So like it shows all Joker these different. Shoots him. Yeah. With the acid, the, the fl- flower acid. Yeah. And then he had like these razor blade cutting cards. <clears throat> Yeah, all kinds of puncture wounds. 
It's crazy. And then it gives the flashback, obviously, of his parents getting shot. And that that's sort of like how, in my opinion, how it ends. Because Joe Chill is like... Yeah. I think Joe Chill is the sort of big character in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of the motivation for it. Yeah. <clears throat> but each of the each of the characters is constantly like re- reliving their their trauma. Right, she's in the shower, Barbara's in the shower and she sees the the gunshot wounds from when she answered the door. Mhm. And same thing with with Jason like getting hit with the crowbar over and over and over again. That was a brutal killing considering that Oh yeah. We as kids, at least I did. I don't. I don't know if you did or not, but called in to determine if Jason Todd was gonna die. I can't believe we. Yeah, we did that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I voted no because I, I didn't want him. I I thought he was like, <clears throat> I liked where he was going. Like, ever since I read that diplomatic immunity where he threw that guy out the window. And mm-hmm. I think that was close to the time when Lethal Weapon came out. I don't remember, but Lethal yeah, Weapon the whole been. the whole issue was they couldn't arrest the guy because he had diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing happened when Robin was trying to take down this guy. They couldn't arrest him, so he. You don't know what happened, but you know that Robin's swinging away, and the guy fell to his death. <laughs> That's all you see. And uh, like you said, it's it's the Jokers are murdering several different people throughout the book, and they're sort of following each crime to crime. Yeah, and they're they're like trying to make more Jokers um, out of their victims. They're throwing them all in the 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 toxic materials mm-hmm. but it's it's funny the uh the different personalities of each joker like one is is more serious um one is like um completely Comedian. completely yeah, one is tries to be a comedian, the other is like completely uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and this one play they they go to the aquarium and it sort of plays like with the laughing fish mm-hmm. uh, by Engelhart and uh, this um there's this tank which has a laughing fish shark in the tank. Yeah. But the other thing they do is uh, Jeff Johns brings back a a sidekick of Joker, which <laughs> I actually own this issue. It's an early issue of Batman, and his name is Gaggy. So Gaggy the Quirk Jester actually is on the cover of an old Batman comic. Um, and they brought him back uh, for this particular issue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and he, he gets uh, eaten. <laughs> yeah, he gets eaten by the, the Joker shark. <clears throat> and uh they 
they knock they knock out this first Joker at the aquarium. Uh, Where the three did Batman go though? Yeah, I'm. I, I was just looking at that. Um, oh, I read this one a long time ago, and they were all three there, and then all of a sudden it's just Jason and Barbara. Yeah, uh, Gordon called Batman, um, saying that they cornered the other Joker. Oh. Uh, one of the other Jokers. So Batman ran off. And... Oh, yeah, it's right, here it is. It says, uh, secure him, wait for Arkham Transport, and mm. make sure you do a search. So their their job was just to get him arrested and submitted to uh, Arkham. Yeah. And that's when uh, Jason flips out. And blows his brains out. Yeah, and it, it really gets dark after that with Jason and Barbara. Yeah. And they, the thing is, they don't even know like who, like who he just killed, like whether he's like an actual, like a real, Joker a real, jo- or... real Joker, or is he like a victim? Well, I think that Joker that he killed was supposed to be the Joker that beat him to death, right? Yeah, I think wasn't that he is... even taunting him. Yeah, I think that's what what he is supposed to be. But um, so like in the. But how do you know any of them are real? I mean, right? That's what I'm saying. A, like, yeah, that's like I weird. Think, I think Jason and Barbara are questioning like who was that 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 he just killed. And Barbara is really upset about it. Yeah, she doesn't want. She didn't want him to cross that line. Mm-hmm. And then the issue two starts really interesting because we we kind of see like what what the the Joker what the Joker's life was like before, at least what they what they want us to believe. But I sort of believe some of it's true because of how yeah, it ended. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like at the very end, we or we kind of see that that foreshadowing here. He's he's with uh he's eating dinner with a, a a wife and a little boy. Right, they're eating an uh, octopus. Uh, doesn't look like it's cooked or anything. Yeah. <clears throat> that poor kid doesn't want to eat it either. <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't even want to come downstairs. Yeah. He's terrified. But then it like fast forwards. Is like, is that real or not? Because then Joker's there with a mannequin and a stuffed animal. Yeah. Yep. And that's when they find another dead body of a guy that's mauled to death. <clears throat> and in this story, the one of the interesting things is there's like a lot of remarks with Gordon and Barbara. Like, does Gordon know his daughter's Batgirl? And you definitely believe that he does. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Because she even in calls story, him dad in one yeah in one scene. <clears throat> but I mean, with her. With her red hair sticking out, it, it you'd have to believe he would know. Yeah. 
and then go on a, a terrorizing uh, the underworld to try to find out where they know where Joker is. Yeah, and uh, Batman goes to Blackgate to talk to Joe Chill. And he's not there. Yeah, he finds out that Joe Chill is dying. Yeah. He's sick, dying. <clears throat> and then Jason finds uh, finds all the action. At yeah, it's the... like a, a YMCA pool, right? Yeah. Sort of like toxic Joker drums mm-hmm. and a bunch of zombies that just come right out of the pool <clears throat> but they're like an acid it looks like they're deteriorating <laughs> I mean... yeah it's uh yeah but he does knock out Jason one of the jokers does and kind of strips him naked and ties him to a chair and puts on his mask with the smiley the red hood with the uh a smiley face on it yeah the uh this scene with Joker is just intense like there's the he's like laughing and like he looks like he's in pain and he's <laughs> And he says, I'll let you in on a secret about the Joker. It hurts when I laugh. Yeah. And then he gets his crowbar and just starts hitting him in the head over and over again. And then Batman and uh, Batgirl arrive at the pool and take out the the zombie Jokers that have come out of the pool. Thanks to the Batmobile, the automated Batmobile. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, they activated it on his belt. And then they find uh, Jason later on with his red hood on, naked, strapped Mm -hmm. to the chair. And Jason's mad at Bruce. I don't blame him. Yeah. He's had a rough life, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, there's a kiss between Jason and Barbara, which is very mm-hmm. important to the story. Yeah. At least I think it is. And it's so weird because it's always been Dick and Barbara. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. There's sort of a kiss, and then they're like, well, we shouldn't have done that. <clears throat> But Jason, uh, it's like Jason kind of, uh, it's like he kind of finally realized who Barbara really is or what she's, what it's like to be her. Like he, he found the, the books in her room about, um, like pain management and stuff like that, things that she's been going through. Right.
And then uh, we see Joker kidnap uh, Joe Chill at the yeah. end. I like the idea behind that, though, is at least one of the Jokers is trying to convert Joe Chill to a Joker because he's like, well, who's the ultimate Joker? Is the guy that killed, you know... Yeah, the, the guy that started all of yeah. it. Yeah. That killed uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne. Yeah. And I think Joe, I think Joe Chill just wants peace. Like he wants to make peace. Like he he, he regrets what he did. Like he yeah. wants forgiveness. And I think yeah. I think it shows that he's been writing letters to Bruce that I think Bruce never got. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He said he said somewhere in here like he was. Um, he was just like a dumb kid or something and he, he was stupid and, um, he was at a, a bad point in his life when he made that mistake. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, um, of Batman's reaction to Jason killing the Joker, though. <clears throat> it wasn't as aggressive as it was in the New 52 when, when, like, Batman was... He found out how dangerous Jason could be, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this well, and one, even... he's, he's more sympathetic. Like, it's, well, I think he blames himself for what Jason did. Yeah, and he's kind of, he's also kind of uh, being, he's also kind of a little selfish about it too, because he, he doesn't want, um, you know, he doesn't want uh, Jason to have to unmask himself, um, going through like, uh, you know, the, the like a trial or whatever, and then he doesn't want Barbara to have to unmask herself as the witness. Yeah. Um, and ultimately that that could lead back to him unmasking himself but um but yeah he he's uh i think he's yeah he's definitely acting a lot differently cuz even recently like when jason uh shot uh penguin um yeah didn't he uh, go hunt him? <laughs> yeah, Batman went and hunted him down. Yeah. And this one, too, though, it gives, like, an explanation of why they can't turn in Jason. Because if he goes to prison, the whole... It would uncover Bruce and Barbara. Yeah. I do like how Barbara smashes Joker's face with his camera in this one fight scene. Man, the art in here is beautiful, too. I mean, there's some great shots. But this is like the classic. Um, this is like the classic Batman story with the 
the uh, the bystander tied to a chair, like hanging over the the vat of chemicals. <laughs> yeah. And Batman uh, ends up catching Joe Chill as Joker drops him. Seems like uh, we've seen this scene before, like in an animated show or something. But not with Joe Chill, but... Yeah, I don't know. It just looks familiar. <laughs> Where somebody was in the rafters going to drop somebody. Maybe it was Gotham. I, I'm thinking of the TV show Gotham. There's huh. a scene like this. That's where I remember it from. It, I, I can't remember who the villain was because there were so many. But... Yeah. Oh, I think it was um, the Mad Hatter. <clears throat> it was an episode with the Mad Hatter. And it happened in the rafters, and the Mad Hatter was going to kill somebody, kind of like this, they had, like Joker has Joe Chill in a chair here. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar scene. It's interesting, though, like at at the end of all this, like the one, uh, the one Joker shoots the other one uh, in the head, and then he's just like, all right, take me in. I want to get off this crazy ride. Yeah. Like he, he just ends up giving up at the end. I it's think the one like he, he shot, though, is the one that wanted to make more Jokers, and the one that's left is the one that's like, I am the Joker. Yeah. That's the impression I got. Yeah, I think the one the one that he shot was like the the kind of the Golden Age one. Yeah, and, this and is the, the laughing. One, yeah, the one left is the comedian. Comedian. And th- there's a scene in here where Jason like writes a letter to Barbara, like, "I'm gonna give up being Red Hood. I just want to be with you. And will you be with me?" And he leaves a letter, and the letter's never found. It like falls. He like tapes it to the door, and it it gets doesn't like, stick. Falls off the door and the yeah, yeah the janitor sweeps it away. So she never <laughs> saw it. <clears throat> and then Joe but, Chill dies at the end of this. But it's uh, interesting yeah. because they Bruce grabs Joe Chill's arm right before he dies, like they they're holding hands so he doesn't die alone. Yeah, Bruce went and visited him. Yeah. Uh, in the hospital um but then at, at the very end here uh bruce is talking to alfred and he he and alfred says i wonder if we'll ever figure out who he really is and um bruce says i knew the joker's name one week after we first met yeah and his his wife and kid are in protective custody yeah, and he's doing it to protect them. Yeah, he can't. He can't let that name go out. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool ending. Yeah, I liked it. There's supposed to be another one shot that's coming out of this. Oh, excellent. Yeah. 
We got a few more questions as time went on here. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, what is your favorite fourth world character and your favorite fourth world book or series by anyone other than Kirby? That's an interesting second question. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's simple. Um, it's Omac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, my favorite fourth world series by anyone other than Kirby is Omac by Dan DiDio, Keith Giffen, and um, I can't remember who the inker is. Scott Koblish. Oh, yeah. New 52. Yeah, I love that Omac series. Matter of fact, I think that'll be one of my picks. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never read that one, so yeah. I'd be, I'd be it, interested it, to check it out. You might like it, Keith. You might like it because Kyle, because you were digging the inferior five oh, yeah. art. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Good. And that art is like reminiscent of what you'll see in yeah, Keith Omac. Giffen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like Keith Giffen stuff, and yeah. I've, I've, I think I've enjoyed pretty much everything I've read that that Dan DiDio's written. Yeah. Um, he usually he usually writes those uh i guess lower tier type books right and they have like sort of a bronze age era to them mhm yeah i i would say my favorite did you, fourth did you finish world... metal man yet uh no i haven't i've yeah. got i think i have four issues left i i've got them all like stacked up so do you, do you have 12 yet or not yet. I just came in this week. Uh, let me check because I just got some. Okay. Uh, let's see. Shipments. Was it this one? Uh, no, I must not have it yet. Okay. Nope, it's in my next shipment. All right, so what's your question of the fourth world? The first um, one, what's your favorite fourth world character? I would probably say... Um, I'd probably say Mr. Miracle. Yeah, he'd be my second. If it um, wasn't for Omac. <laughs> yeah. And favorite book or series by anyone other than Kirby? Um, I will say... Um, <clears throat> It's not really a series, but I, I'll I'll say uh, I guess a story arc. Um, I really love the the uh, Grant Morrison um, uh, JLA um, Rock of Ages story with uh, where the the Justice League beats Dark Dark Side. Oh, I I love that one. You have all the, um, you have, world yeah, you have the sod in there. Yeah. The, um, the black racer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that with the, uh, with, uh, Bruce who's, uh, who's been imprisoned by the sod for like, what, 20 years or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that that would probably be mine. Rock of Ages. Def Leppard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was the that was the JLA hair era too. They they all had the long hair. Yeah. <clears throat> Superman and Aquaman. Superman for for a bit was in the blue suit, right? And Grant Morrison's. Yeah, the the light the yeah, light the light the blue, lightning power or whatever. Electric power, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the red and blue Superman. Um, yeah. Kyle was the Green Lantern. Plastic Man, no, Plastic Man didn't come till later. Yeah, he he was later. Um, we had uh, Connor Hawk too. He was he was in there. He was Green in the Arrow. the Rock of Ages stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mo Walker, Doctor Mo uh, says, "Is there any initial thoughts about post Future State creative teams that have been announced?" I don't know too many of them other than Tamaki and um, Mora, I think, are taking over Detective. And uh, I know I follow Stephanie Phillips, and I know that Stephanie Phillips and Riley Rossimo are taking over Harlequin. Hmm. And I don't know any of the other names because I haven't looked into it. And I, ha- I don't know if you've been following the announcements. I have not. Um, but it I... was just coming out like today and yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I did notice some, I did notice the creative teams on the future state books. Um, mm-hmm. I want, I wondered if they would stay on to do the series. It looks like at least that talk is going to do detective. Um, but I'm not too familiar with really any of the 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 new um, creative the new creators. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tamaki unless it's somebody that's has been currently... writing a lot of stuff that I that I've enjoyed, but a lot of it's been on the Marvel side. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> Becky Cloonan, I think, is taking over Wonder Woman. <laughs> Stephanie Phillips is all independent stuff until recently. Mostly Aftershock. That's mm. where she's... Now she's all over the place. Like, she's been working for a lot of uh, different companies lately. Matter yeah, of fact, she just to... got her PhD, um, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Um, huh. And plus she got the... Gene Loon Young is, is going to be doing Batman Superman, and we know him from New Superman. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like he He's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, he's joined by Ivan Reese, so he's got a big artist yeah. with him. I like his art. I think Ram V is going to be doing Swamp Thing. Oh, um, okay. And he's been doing dark, right? Dark, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I like him a lot yet. Like he he's decent and I enjoy it, but I, I haven't like latched on to him yet. Um but at the same time I have to say I've never written a I've never read a bad Swamp Thing story. I I, I think I just love Swamp Thing so much that mm-hmm. um 
I wonder if they announced who Green Lantern's doing if Morrison's gone. Let's, I'm going to click on the link here. Yeah, I can't imagine he... I would think Morrison would be done after this second year. Green Lantern will be written by Jeffrey Thorne and huh. drawn by Tom Rainey. Tom Rainey's been an artist for a long time. Yeah. He's old school. Um, that's... I don't know who Jeffrey Thorne is. I never heard that name. Um... Justice yeah. League Dark is by Ram V, who is already writing this series. Yeah, as long as uh, as long as he can move the story along quicker than than Tynan did on Dark. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that one just kind of dragged on a little bit. <clears throat> Jeffrey Tim Thorne. Sh- yeah. Ch- huh. Tim Sheraton and. Raphael Sandoval are doing a <laughs> book called Teen Titans Academy. Hmm. Um, I don't know him either. Tim Sheraton that doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. This almost sounds like it's the creative team's Dan DeDio was putting together before he got fired. So I, I don't I don't know if they like stayed with it and then just rebranded it. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening here. Um, I think that's the only uh, Tinian and Jorge Jimenez are going to stay on Batman Hmm. and they're returning for another Batman title but it doesn't say what it's going to be ah huh and I think Blecky Cloonan is doing Wonder Woman I think Uh, yeah I think I had seen that somewhere I like her Mm-hmm. Not just as a writer, but a person. I, I I've talked to her a lot uh, at conventions. I don't like talk to her at a personal level, but at a creative level, <laughs> I I like her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I like Clunan. I don't know how I feel about her writing Wonder Woman books. She's she's written like stories of like female Vikings and stuff before that are like comics that you can get from her self imprint. Mm-hmm. So like, I know she can write like a strong female character. Um, we'll see. We'll see what she does with wonder woman. Wonder girl series <coughs> is going to be writer and artist, Joel Jones, who I know I like. So yeah. that's, and I think huh. those are all the announcements. I'll be interesting to see what happens to Superman for sure. Like Superman in action comics. And I wonder if uh, Bendis is going to even have a role anymore. Yeah, that's a good question. I <clears throat> I wonder what's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I know th- uh, I've been enjoying turning... his Superman. I have to. It's not my favorite, but it, it's a good Superman run. Like it's yeah. a a solid it, story it and yeah i'm into the storylines and i like how the books are sort of different um yeah it'll be interesting this uh i'm looking at some previews for the the um future state of uh, flash it looks really interesting yeah 
So th- th- these are basically teams that are after Future State, though. Yeah. Because Future yeah. State is just going to be January, February. Right. And this is like what comes after. And it's weird, though, because in some cases, like Suicide Squad, the <laughs> the teams aren't changing much from what's in the uh, Future State. Mm-hmm. And I would assume, I would assume that would that would be the case uh, in most cases is that the person writing the future state issue would stay on. Yeah. They have uh, Dale Eaglesham on the um, the future state Flash. It looks beautiful. Oh, I like Eaglesham. I yeah. wish he would do. I wish he would do more. Like well, I, I find it a damn shame that Shazam sort of didn't have him as much as I wanted him in it. Well, I he he's looking amazing on the in these flash pages. They have the flash the whole flash family is there and it's it looks like the old school like Jeff Johns era flash. Like it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new suicide squad and I'm happy to see Peacemaker is in there. He looks like he's leading it. Yeah, um, that'll be sweet. I, I, I know Bolt. I can't make... Oh, there's a Talon in it. But I can't make out the other two guys. And I wish it would... I wish it would show the... Co- it shows the cover. But it doesn't show... The team... Like, who's, who's on it. Because I can't tell who those two figures are. Let's see... I can't believe Peacemaker is going to be a TV show. That's so insane. <laughs> I wonder, like, how crazy they're going to make him. Well, John Cena is going to. He could. <clears throat> I think he's a good character to do that. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it does. And the fact that James Gunn is mm-hmm. behind it is going to make it really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he should be able to do a good Ram job. Ram and Mike Perkins are doing the Swamp Thing, so Mike Perkins is the artist on that. I'm trying to see who's doing Suicide Squad, and I can't find it. Uh, Eduardo Pasica is doing the art, and Robbie Thompson is doing hmm. the story. And I think that's that's everything they've announced so far. I'm sure in three days we'll on Newsarama we'll know the entire solicits. Like we'll know everything. <clears throat> yeah. But it just goes to show that, you know, everybody was saying D C comics is gonna stop publishing comics after Future State. That's not true. Mm-hmm. We're getting a bunch of new titles. Yeah, so, I think I think it would take it would take a lot, I think, to for them to stop. Yeah. So do you want to pick our books now? Yeah. What were you thinking about for the new book? Um, I always let you pick that because I'm getting a lot more and yeah. I can support anything that you pick. <laughs> Um, 
Let's do. How about? Um, oh, do you want to finish up Suicide Squad? Yeah, we could do that because uh, the last issue is eleven. Yeah. It'll be good to finish it up and see how, because he introduced so many new characters. Like Tom yeah, Taylor I, went nuts. <clears throat> yeah, I've really liked his run. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. Yeah, we can do that. And then uh, I already picked one of my books. I'm gonna go with OMAC one through four. Okay. Uh, New Fifty Two. Uh, version. Yeah. Let's see. This is always the hardest part. Um. <clears throat> Let's see here. I'll go with, uh, my next one will be Phantom Lady from 2012, um, number one through four. Okay. <clears throat> All right, I'll do, um, let's see, uh, Man, uh, there's so many, so many good things to choose from. Um, I'll do. Uh, sticking with Suicide Squad, I'll do. Um, I'll do Suicide Squad one through four. Uh, the new Fifty Two. Okay. And then... <clears throat> Had you read that before? Um, I've read a few of the issues. I haven't read all of that one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's see. Oh, let's do... Um... Hmm. I'll do um I'll do Saga of the Swamp Thing. 20, that's a good one. 21 through 23 uh 1984. So I think that's like the start of the Alan Moore stuff. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. That one that one should win. I yeah. Think. And that one I have read. It's been Because of Alan though. Moore. Yeah, I've read that one. Yeah. Several times because it's so good. 
All right, so we got our, our picks. Uh, Suicide Squad, uh, the current series we're going to finish, and then the four choices will be OMAC, 1 through 4, New 52, uh, Phantom Lady, 1 through 4, New 52, uh, Suicide Squad, 1 through 4, New 52, and Saga of the Swamp Thing, Alan Moore, 21 through 23. Right? Mm. Yep. All right. It's it's funny too. You could tell by the density how we lower the number if it's an older yeah. comic. Yeah. And then if it's if it's a new fifty two, it's like I I could whip through four issues in virtually yeah. no time. Well, yeah, like <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> well, that yeah. was fun. Uh, I I enjoyed that, especially the Phantom Stranger discussion. I thought. Yeah, that was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. I might continue with it because there's only a few left, and I think it's a good um, uh, late night read. <laughs> because it it's, is, yeah. It's like a horror vibe, and it's but it's so weird and and cheesy at the same time, but in a good way. Yeah, so. those those and the uh, like the House of Mysteries I love yeah those are really good like you said late night reads those are just yeah. fun to fun to read through mm-hmm. all right well I'll get the survey out soon uh, sorry cool. the last episode I, I forgot to post it I was like I, I had just posted it like I think four four or five days ago uh. and uh I didn't know I had it. I thought I had already <laughs> posted it, and uh, I was gonna post uh, one of my Mike M's weekly reads, and I was like, "What? I haven't yeah. posted this yet?" Because <laughs> I had done the survey a long time ago uh, yeah. for this episode, and I was like, "Oh wow, I forgot." So I posted it as soon as I realized. Sometimes <laughs> I forget because it. We we recorded a six-hour podcast this morning. Jeez. I can't remember <laughs> doing six hours that's, before. That's... I might have with Keith and Daryl, but I, I I don't know if I could ever find it that long. Like I think we've come close, like five and yeah. a half hours. I but think this is to, over yeah. six. This is like six point something. That's like six like, hours and ten minutes. That's like almost a work day. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird because I, I start talking – you know how we went off on the tangent of video games and we had no mm-hmm. intent to? Um, oh, that's yeah. like I am with Bill. It's like, except each chain leads to something else. And it was like three hours and we hadn't even covered our books yet. <laughs> and we were going to cover like five books and then previews. And mm-hmm. it was like three hours and we hadn't even gotten there yet. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> Well, those are the those are the fun episodes to listen to. Yeah. yeah. We went on a tangent of on Mash and Varsity <laughs> Blues, and I, it led to like comic books and all kinds of stuff. It was weird. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, have a good week, and we'll talk to you in two. I think. It, I think yeah. if we meet in two, we'll I'll be on vacation on starting that. Friday before we record. Oh, nice. If everything goes well. Like, I might... Yeah. I know Barb has to work the following week, but I might have to work 
two days. So I might work on a Monday and Tuesday and then take Christmas off and then take all of New Year's week off. Yeah, that'd be cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having some time off as well. Yeah, I'm finally going to get caught up on my maintenance and just <clears throat> get everything that I that I wanted to do and I failed to do every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get on mine too. Yeah. All right, well, have a good one, and uh, we will talk soon. You can reach us at dcnoisepodcast.com. Uh, Kyle is uh, Kyle uh, kpettit5, right? Yep, kpettit5. And I'm at Mike Myers Brunch. And you can also find us – well, you can find me on Facebook, and I'll pass anything to uh, – to Kyle and uh, I was supposed to do a shout out and I forgot the Twitter handle of this guy, but he was on Twitter and he posted like this weird thing that, that you started the COVID <laughs> in, in other words, like in, in February, do you remember you had like a really bad stomach ache? Oh Yeah. Yeah. And he was, and there was like a stomach ache outbreak in February. Yeah. He was I like, re- well, he he's like, I wonder if that was the beginning of COVID. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And then oh, I, 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 so I didn't I know I what found, he was. I, I think I found it. Um, it's uh, Jason Hales. Jason Hales. So I, I told him I'd give him a shout out. I forgot last episode. And, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that to my attention because I totally forgot that. I did, too, yeah. I was like, everybody in sh- in your area had stomach aches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It's like stomach poisoning. But, uh, oh, yeah, man. I totally forgot that happened. Yeah. Uh, I think I didn't miss any questions. Yeah, that was Dr. Mo was the last one. Yeah. So I think we can wrap this one up, and you have a good week. And I'll yeah, talk you to you too, Mike. Too. Take care. See you. Bye.